Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Greetings. And in today's episode, we are going to review the beloved book by Tiago, Radical <laughs> Acceptance. If you've been I following the podcast, yeah, you've, you've heard him, me sometimes referencing it. So today we decided that it's finally time. And since we both already read it, it's much easier to review. Yeah. So what is radical acceptance about? I'm going to move the ball over to you because you like it much more than I do. So yeah, yeah. proceed, please. Yeah. So radical acceptance, the book itself, I think it's like, if you are not inside all of the, the, the field of mindfulness and all this kind of more hippie stuff, I'd say it comes off at, comes off as like kind of bull crap. You, 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 you listen to the name radical acceptance and it feels like, oh yeah, I should accept myself for who I am. And, and of course, like, and me naturally, I'm very averse to that um, concept because I just I, I feel at the beginning before reading this book, I was very like, oh yeah, you you have to go all out, struggle all day every day, and accepting myself means being means accepting the state of my life and not trying to improve. But the message I I think behind the book and the why it's named radical acceptance is because the author Tara Tara Breck she encourages everyone reading the book to use acceptance not as a means of not doing anything and being lazy but as a means of progressing in life so you accept yourself and then by accepting yourself it makes everything easier for you to, to still keep evolving it's not a message to just sit around and do nothing except whatever is happening to you it's, I th I'd say it's the opposite of that the intention is accepting yourself so you can improve more I, I guess that's a way to appeal to the really the people that don't want to read this book yeah absolutely and i think the best way that if you know if you're listening to this and you're kind of like uh yeah that's not my thing because i like to hustle boy well this is what i'd say we've probably all have and had periods of our life where it's like oh you feel a bit of anxiety or you feel a bit of fear or you feel some sensation feeling in your body that you kind of don't want in the moment and what what we all do in those moments it's just, you know, you kind of suppress and you're like, oh God, I hate this feeling. Just go away. And yeah. like you were saying, like what she says in the book is that by you accepting those feelings, not, and by accepting doesn't mean to, you know, to act upon them or to assume they are true to move on. It's just, I'm feeling this right now. So I'll just experience it right now mm -hmm. without judging whatever it is. What you'll notice, yeah. and at least what I've noticed, and I think you as well, Tiago, is you feel that for, I don't know, like one, two, two minutes, and then it just goes away. And when it comes back again, you still feel the same, you know, fear or anxiety or whatever. But it's kind of like you're relaxed underneath all of that because, you know, well, it's just a part of life. It's not like, oh, I'm experiencing anxiety. What's wrong with me? No, it's just like, oh, everyone feels this. It's normal. It's okay to feel this. So I'll just accept it because it is the only way, at least for me, to let it go is to accept it first. Yeah, and it breaks the the loop. Mark Manson also talks about this a lot. Is when you feel an emotion, then you feel bad for feeling that emotion. And I think this really breaks that addicting and self-deprecating loop. So now, after reading this book, if I feel angry, I can just feel angry and not not feel angry that I'm angry or feel annoyed that I'm angry. Not like oh, I'm I'm feeling angry. I don't like this. Why am I feeling this emotion? There is no more of that because. Now, it's okay for you to feel 
every emotion, all the emotions you have, be it good, be it bad. Now you, you like now after reading this book, if I ever feel sad or whatever, it's just like I still feel sad. It's not like it vanishes. But first of all, by acknowledging it and not denying it, it goes away much faster. But that's not that's not even the point of it. It's just to be there, and you don't you don't get into a you don't you don't act upon that sadness by by creating ba bad habits or doing stuff that will put you in a, in a worse place. You just acknowledge it and then you can move on with your life doing whatever you were doing because you actually took the time to recognize the emotion. Like she says, to appreciate it. And it may seem contradictory, but I find, I find in like reading this book again, because I was along, it, was, it has been like a couple of years since I read it. And now reading it again, it's just incredible. I, know, I don't know if you experienced this also, Gonzalo, but... Reading it again, I just I realized how much I stopped practicing this, and how much I, unconsciously I just forgot about the the power of just accepting your emotions. Because after reading it, I was like, I did it for a while, and then I think I eventually just unconsciously fell into the habit of saying, "Man, I guess I'm feeling bad, but I don't really want to take the time to feel it. It will probably not do that much." So I just kept on going, yeah. and eventually went back to the same habits. And now reading it again, I can feel the power it brought me the first time. Yeah, kind of uh, sidetracking a bit. We were talking about this before the podcast of like, what would happen if you were to, you know, just take three to six months of your life, pick a book and just focus all your effort on applying those lessons. You'd probably, number one, develop those skills to a, a higher degree than anyone who's read a book. And it would probably stick with you forever. And like you were saying, what happens is, we read these books and then yeah, for the first week you're like, yeah, I'm doing all this new stuff. I'm feeling the emotions. And then that shit just kind of like, eh, not today. I, I'm late for yeah. work. I, I'm, I'm anxious, but whatever, shit needs to move. And it's very easy to, you know, do that one time, then do another and then you just forget because you read another book and there's something more important on the way. But yeah, like I was reading it today and I was a bit anxious and, and then I was like, oh, let me feel it. And then it went away. And then it kind of came to me, oh, I've been doing a lot of suppressing this shit lately. <laughs> yeah. Because it's very yeah. easy. And, you know, for me, I kind of have these periods of more hustle type of shit and then more of this stuff, for a lack of a, yeah. a better term. But, and it's, it's very hard to, you know, if it's not a very deep habit, for, like for me, meditation, which every day, 20 minutes, that's like stuck. It's more of a, oh, I'm conscious of myself. But it's very easy to the rest of the day. I'm not giving a shit about that. If I'm just hustling, I'm like, ah, work needs to be done. And vice versa as well. Like if I'm just feeling my emotions, it's very easy to not do anything productive all day. So it's I actually, like, I don't experience that. I, I never, I, I mean, I don't think it will ever be because of you just feeling your emotions that you won't get things done. It will always be because I think you're like, when, you, when I don't get stuff done is when I'm distracted most of the times, no, which is the opposite. I mean, I mean, it's kind of more in a sense of, because I'm more, you know, in touch with my emotions and I'm more, quote unquote, enjoying life, I don't feel as much as sitting down in, in front of a laptop and, you know, typing words, that, that kind of thing. And when I'm in the mood to do those, not the mood, but maybe the habit or whatever, then it's, yeah. it's just harder to break that. that because, you know, it's always hard to break a, uh, an action in movement. Then it just it makes it much harder if you're just carrying out through, I don't know, months or days. So that's what I meant. That's like, but yeah, it's at least for me. You, so. you, yeah, you touched on the point of it being important to like to have an habit. We have meditation into our daily lives, and 
it has an impact because of that. And we talked a lot about this when we reviewed Atomic Habits, which is really the important thing about if you want to effectuate change in your life, it's all about consistency over a long period of time. That's why meditation worked for us, because we have been doing it for a long period of time. Same thing with working out, eating healthy, sleeping on a regular schedule. All those things take time to, to really show their, their benefits. And I feel with this, this book and the concept of mindfulness and acceptance in general, it takes a diligent, a diligent practice, a daily diligent practice. Just like we do meditation, I think if, you, if we really, and I'm just like kind of brainstorming a bit for myself, if I want this to be a part of myself, just to be able to have this quality of, of mind, of, of presence, to be able to recognize my emotions and not get attached to them and not suppress them, I would. I think I, what I need to do is implement really an habit. Uh, like a, a, she has a lot of meditations in the book, and I think it's really implementing one of those and just keeping it part of the routine. Yeah. Or else it will just happen what you, you said. I go on to another book, and eventually in a year I'll read it again, and we'll be going to the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it had such a, a good effect on me. But I know that if right now I go on to another book and I don't do anything else, this will stick with me for a week, and then it'll be gone. Yeah. So I think with every book you read, and Tony Robbins like. At the beginning, I think it was the one who really, really turned me to this concept. Is if you want, if you have like a, a, a goal, a dream, it only becomes real once you actually do something for it. Yep. So if you're just like planning in your mind, I want to be a, bil- a millionaire, and you just say that, and then you go on living your life, you'll never get anything done because it's just in your mind, like it's just thoughts. It, there is no real action to it. But if you say, I'm, I want to be a billionaire, and then whatever you do, it's going to be like a small session. You go, you set up, if you're a kid, like set up a lemon juice stand and go sell it. You're closer to being a millionaire. Yeah. And it's a real action. With, with this, kind of got a, a bit of trail, but it's the same thing. You just, if you want to be more accept, if you want to accept yourself more, which kind of sounds lame, you need to make it a priority yep. in, at, a, at a certain point. And yeah, just kind of switching back onto the point again. It sounds fucking lame. <laughs> Let's be fucking honest here. <laughs> yeah, it's especially lame. you know our page is a lot about stoicism. So I'm assuming you, the listener, also likes a lot of that stoicism stuff, which is very emotionless. Not a, there. It's kind of <laughs> I saw a meme about stoicism the other day, which was like, "Oh, what's this here?" And it was like emotions. What do we do with this? We suppress it. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and it kind of. I'm not totally like that, but. Stoicism praises a lot of, you know, dealing with your emotions in a fashion as if they don't matter, you know, just push them aside, do whatever the fuck you have to do, which at some point it's good advice. You know, you don't want to cry every time somebody, you know, cuts you in traffic. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm sad now. No, but also you need to deal with that. If that affected you, when you get done with your shit, it would be better if you could do it in a moment. But if you can't, it would be, it's very good to deal with that. Because if you don't, that's at least what I experience. That's the shit that you keep pushing down and then it's just, it will become lifelong problems if you don't address it. And like you said, like now going through it again, you recognize how much you've actually been suppressing without even knowing yeah. it. And that's, I think that and she, has, she has a name for it in the book. She calls it the trance of unworthiness that she believes most people live in, which is like, and especially most clients, she, she, because she has a, she's a therapist, and most clients she, clients she presents in the book, they're all really have lots of problems with self, uh, as you say, it's self, uh, self love, self hate. Yeah, self love, self acceptance. Yeah, just yeah, being confident in themselves and liking themselves. And I think that's most people, honestly. Like right now, maybe you and me, 
not that's not really the problem. But there's also a problem here, which, which we may not say it like that. Like we don't go around saying, "Oh my God, I hate my life. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit." We don't say that. We are pretty confident in that aspect. But there is still hidden things that you say to yourself that, like it or not, you're you're hurting yourself by saying when you say like, "Ah oh man, you're a piece of shit for fulfilling this," or oh, "I just failed this. You you lazy." lazy bum whatever and i think with our type of personalities and most probably the listener we tend to like we say that those things don't really matter that we're tough (laughs) yeah push through it i'm fucking tough bro like going through it again you realize like how much more unnecessary pain and suffer not pain suffering and stress yeah you're putting on yourself without any reason it's not making you better yeah it's not pushing you to do anything it's just like it's if anything, it's draining you from energy because it's just a constant pressure. And uh, I don't know if you feel this, but in the book, she even says like, uh, when you feel emotions, you always feel them in your body. Yeah, it's not something yeah, metaphysical like, like we think like emotions are. No, it's always like if you feel sad, it's like a maybe a deep ache in your heart. If you feel stressed, like a you, you feel like your throat is clenched. But it's something in your body, and that's what I feel like. I was when I just started reading the book again, and I tried to apply uh, meditation. She said. Like just trying to feel the, the the areas in my body where I was feeling the emotion, it's like there was so much tension in my chest and throat. Yeah, and I, it was there. It's there all the time. Once if I, if I stop right now and breathe into it, there it will be there, because it's just something we build. I think everyone builds it, but we just were, we have an amazing capacity to suppress yep. it. But now, now and by the way, now making a, a diligent practice of noticing this pain and breathing through it every day it's less and less now that when i go back to it and in my daily life i feel more like kind i feel more compassionate towards others and towards myself because of this this practice i don't know what you experience yeah absolutely and for me one of the biggest things like you were saying is how you it would it had been there for maybe since you forgot about these concepts like this the stress in your chest or the tightness in your in your throat or something like that and then it's kind of like when um air conditioner turns off and you're like oh my god there's silence now i didn't even realize that was there i feel like it's the same thing for it you're like you start to breathe like fuck i'm really tense what the fuck's happening (laughs) and that for me just shows you how much this is a needed practice because the more at least in my experience the more stressful your job is which on the one and can be good because it just means it's it is of importance to you and it's a hard challenge but the more stressful your job is the more this will build up and also the more the easier it is to you know to neglect this because it's very easy to say oh i don't have time i kind of have to do other stuff i'll just do it in the weekend and then the weekend comes you're like i have to do other stuff so for me that's one of the biggest things like i was reading it to the end of coffee shop and i was like reading i was like oh my god there's yeah i'm tense here what this wasn't here before I didn't notice it was here, but it clearly was here. And also I want to go to a concept of book, which she, which she says, I, I think we talked about it already, but I'll just go over again. So to, you know, to, to live happy, to live fulfilled, you need to embrace those things, not as good or bad. You just need to embrace all those things. You can't assume like when you feel anxiety, what's our first thought? This is bad. Why am I feeling this? I'm the only one feeling feel this. It. And as long as you keep running away from it, you will not accept it. She even has a quote in the book, which is not from her. Uh, I didn't point out the person who it was, but this is the quote. Mm-hmm. The curious parad- paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. 
that's it. You cannot change something you're running away from. If you're saying to yourself like, oh, no, bro, I'm fucking super muscular. No, I'm kind of good for my age. Then you're like, you clearly know that you're fat and you're you're not where you should be. <laughs> then, And I'm not even, <laughs> he's laughing because our father usually says this. I'm not even referring to him. It's just a good example of how this yeah. can apply. If you're running away from that, you will never change it because you don't assume it's a problem. Same as the guy who's like bankrupt. They're saying like, no, nah, bro, things are kind of good. A new opportunity is coming up. Maybe it is, but you're still broke. So how about you adopt some measures and, to fix that? Yeah, and I think that's a, a good distinction to make. Like, we're not talking about so not being positive or not like... So there's value in being positive, but you also don't want to be that guy who's like, yeah, yeah, things are getting better. Yeah. I just uh, I lost my wife, cheated on me, lost my kids, yeah. but yeah, there's upswing coming out. Now you, you have to yeah, deal with the shit. Because sorry to cut you like, off, because that guy is so. the one who eventually explodes and kills himself for a lot of people, <laughs> so... Yeah, that's where the best murdering happens and dangerous stuff. That's what well, not like, not with most people. But if you don't address this, you will eventually blow yeah. up. Like, if, especially if you, like you were saying, you live a stressful life, stressful job, with kids and whatever it may be. But yeah, like going back to that, that, that I think that quote is really good to explain it to, to people that really don't want to read this book. I would kind of the the, the message of it is that once you accept yourself, you can really begin the process of change. And I noticed this on myself because. So a couple of years ago, I started uh, working out like consistently going to the gym. And at the first, like if, I, if I'm real with myself at the beginning, it started because I was insecure with my body. I was real, I've, been skinning by, I've been skinny my entire life and I wanted to stop being skinny, get some muscles. At the beginning, I, I didn't even say that to people. I said like, I want to be stronger, <laughs> I want to do some sports. But no, I want I to be, be healthy, jacked. bro. The, the, <laughs> yeah, I know, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> I want to have big muscles and it's okay. And now... But even now, I, I think I've grown a bit past that. I, th- I, I don't have the, the same insecurities. I've, I don't, that's not really my focus anymore. Of course, I still enjoy building muscle and all of that. But there's still a bit of that insecurity in me. Sometimes I look myself at the mirror and I'm like, oh, yeah, I could have more muscles. And now reading this book, I just, like, she has a, a, um, a practice that she, she talked about in the book, which is like saying yes to whatever you're feeling. It's just like, and she even gave an example of someone looking in the mirror and like, some, sometimes you look in the mirror and you're like, oh man, they're not quite good. My face is kind of strange. This belly could be, could be more flat. Yeah. I don't know. It could be more, whatever it may be like. And you just say yes to that. Yes to how you are right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, not, you can still... it's not saying like, oh, my face is kind of red here, but it's, no, it's just, it is. It is and it's okay. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's okay to be like that. And especially like if you're trying to make a change don't just focus all on the end goal because at the end of the day you're still living right now yeah. and right here you can't you can't just be miserable until you get there and because newsflash if you think there's like this specific place where especially with body goals where you think you'll just be happy with it that won't happen everyone there's always the next the step. biggest there's always the next step yeah the the most insecure guys i've ever met in, were in the gym and they were the yeah. jacked ones they're like oh man i could lose a bit of fat on my chest i'm like the fuck did you jack yeah. dude everyone knows like you're the only one thinking about the, that fat and for me chest. like one thing and, that really has helped with that is just and she says this in the book is just take time to do nothing or just relax so for me now i only start working at like I think 2 p.m. after that. And I just take the, the first, th- that moments of the day to just be like, I'm going to go to the gym and all that, but it's super like, whatever. It's not like, I'm going to go to the gym and then at 9 p.m. I'm going to drink the shake and then at 10 I'm be lifting. No, it's just, I'm going to do this, but it's relaxing, I have time. 
what I notice when I do this is, first of all, you allow yourself to, to those emotions to come up and you experience them. Because they'll, they'll come up, you know, randomly. Like, oh, a bit of anxiety now. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's just random like that. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, and just... But during your normal day, like the high pace day, type of day, you, you don't really have time, quote unquote, to stop to do that. So for me, it's very important now to do, you know, take some time to do that. And I notice it's <laughs> life is so much better because you realize nothing bad happens. First of all, by taking a chiller, a more, you know, more chill approach to it. Mm-hmm. So approach, yeah. My, I think my sound kind of cut off for a second. Yeah, it's good now. Is it good? Yeah. So it's there's nothing bad with taking a more chill approach to life. You'll notice how much better you'll feel. And then yeah. because you're in that state, at least for me, where you don't need the things to happen, you know, you're not like, fuck, I missed my shake at 9 a.m. If the day is fucked, goodbye, I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay, maybe... And I, I'd argue that's, that's really for your type of personality. So knowing you, I know when you get into something, it's kind of an obsessive mentality and you can go kind of all day doing it. So it's not, it's not like, I think it also matters to frame it into the, the, the type of person that needs to hear this. So if you're kind of the lazy person who, who doesn't really have motivation to do anything, I feel that this message isn't as important as it is for the guys who obsess, which I, I think yeah, is your case. Yeah. When you get into something, you kind of obsess about it and everything else goes out the window. So I think this is like a, a good practice. And I bet it's difficult for you to actually limit yep. yourself to, to only working for in this certain period of time but that that's why but I think most people listening to this podcast are the ones that need that message yeah, they need to know how, how to still be productive how to still get your work done but not have that completely take over your life because I mean most people you don't really want to be the next Bill Gates or whatever because in that case your life needs to be dedicated to yeah there's to no job. time for just, there's for, no way around for it. gym like, even if you want there's to be, no time for it if you want to be the if you want to be like the best at something, there is no ba- there's no, no space for balance. Yeah. Athletes aren't healthy. Mil- uh, billionaires and the top five guys in the wealth in the wealth like scale, they aren't like. I, I mean, I don't know them, but I'd argue that they don't have the most. At least to get to a point where they like, can, you know, there was a point where yeah, at least you when, know Bill Gates, Steve Jobs yeah. is dead, but to get Apple to where it is, it was like sixteen hour days where you sleep in the office after, and then you wake up and yeah, exactly. you do that again. It's not. Yeah, that's why just sorry to cut you off there but just to mm-hmm. it's it's very important in my opinion to define what you want do you want to be the greatest at something good but realize what that takes you know now it may sound like oh yeah i'm gonna hustle for 16 hours a day now that sounds good but you know just look at the people who do that and see the toll it takes on your body on your relationship on everything it's it's a hard price to pay for for that yeah. Mark Manson talks it about it. He has a funny way to referring to it. It's taking your shit, your shit sandwich yep. and eating it. But the the thing, what he means by that is you need. So he gave the example. Mark Manson, when he was like learning, he wanted to be a famous rock star, and he wanted. He, he was learning to play the guitar, but at the end of like after a while, he was like, "Man, I don't really want to do this. Like, I want. I like the idea of being a rock star, being on stage and rocking out, <laughs> but I don't like the idea of spending the next." Uh, years of my life every day practicing and practicing on, on the on the guitar and training new accords or whatever you do there i don't know yeah you, you like about the that, end but, result but not the path uh, to getting there yeah and you have to like the path because we talked about this a lot i think it's like we sound like a broken <laughs> record but the path is 
it's what really matters. It's like the goal is only the the thing that, that's guiding yep. the path. But at the end of the day, you are living in the path. The goal will only be a fraction of a moment where you actually get it. And but then there's a path yeah, still. And going also, on I that. saw a super good interview yesterday on Tom Bilyeu, which was a guy talking about like flow state and uh, what makes people get into that flow state where. At least for me, the biggest I have since ever, it's like playing PlayStation and hours just go by or yep. computer. And he was saying like, what does it take to get there? Do you need to like the test? Do you need to be good at it? What is? And a lot of people, it is not, you don't need to like it at first. You kind of need to, yeah, have some interest, but it's the better you get at it, the more in flow you're going to become. So it's shutting everything off, getting into that flow state. And I kind of lost <laughs> where I was going with this. But I'll just finish with something. For me, like recently cutting off, uh, you know, music and everything while just doing a task, it's surprising how focused I can get into that. And that's just to say, the, uh, no, I know where I was going to go. The path where you say like, oh, I need to enjoy the path. But what do I like? I don't like to play guitar five hours a day. You don't need to really like it at first because the more you do it, the more you can, you know, just play guitar. You're not watching YouTube videos. You're not, you know, listening to a podcast, you're just doing that task. If you can manage, you know, at first, maybe you can do only five minutes, then 10, then one hour. So, and you know, you just go from there. But the more you can do from there, the more you're gonna enjoy that. So you don't necessarily need to enjoy the, your path right now. Just make sure the goal is worth it and you have some interest in it. And then for the most part, yeah. you kind of, you'll enjoy it along the way. You'll learn how to enjoy it. And for me, that was very mind blowing because yeah, there, there's some tasks where some, sometimes I was doing them, just like control C, control V, like copy paste. And I was like, I, I was getting to flow state. I was like, oh, I like this. It's boring as hell, but I'm kind of enjoying it because you need to allow your brain yeah. to get into that. But that was kind of a sidetrack. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I think that's a good thing. Like, most people right now, they're really, especially with boring tasks, we try to distract yeah. ourselves a lot during them. And like David Goggins on Joe Rogan, he had an interesting point of view which is like he said running with music is cheating i was like what 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 does that have, what does that have to do with anything people are still running they're getting their exercise in or going to the gym or whatever and then i was like he, he elaborated on it it's like it's cheating because you, you, you it's not you get you don't get that time with yourself to which, you, which can be uncomfortable definitely being with yourself in those yep. boring tasks for most people like going to the gym is boring is the uncomfortable because I mean, first of all, you don't really want to be there, and then like you're feeling bad uh, emotions. But like when you're in the gym, like it's uncomfortable. You're just, like it, it hurts somewhere, and you you feel if you're never worked out, you feel like an yep. inadequate because you're not good at like the other people, and there's lots of insecurities around it. So it it hurts to be there just with that feelings. But guess what? Being with them, like now going a bit back to the book, that's what gets people to in a in a balance a balance like mindset and we i think it's really important to talk about this because we we've we've talked about david goggins on the podcast and he has a, a mindset which i'd say would be kind of the opposite of what's being in this book and for a long time he had the, the mindset of just emotions don't count also jocko has, has a way of saying yeah he also says you don't get a vote to emotions and I mean, for them it worked, and I think, but I think it's also different the way they relate, they related, related to themselves. But for most people, once you like, if you haven't gone to what they, to yeah. what they have gone through, and you try to apply those principles, I think most often what will happen, you'll get results because it's it's better than just 
being lazy and rep so what most people do is they're lazy and they repress their feelings so they distract themselves yep. with Netflix or something at least if you're distracting yourself with good habits it's a step forward but the fact that you're distracting yourself is still there and what will, that will lead you to in the long term and this is all about the long term I think is you will be left with a not you won't be you won't feel healthy in your mind that's a that's really there's real value to talking about it I don't think Enough people talk about it, especially in the self-help area. It's like you feeling not even feeling good with yourself, but feeling that you you know you're not not and you're not at war yeah. with your emotions that you can like you don't hate a part of yourself because that's for me at least before reading this book that's what I did I hated the part of me that was like irrational, illogic, my illogical self, my my emotions. I was like, ah oh, man, why the fuck do you even exist? Just let ra rationality be <laughs> on charge and everything yeah. will be good. I every, everything I need. And, but then, once you actually think about it, if you don't have emotions, you don't have you don't really have anything. Yeah, your rationality needs if you if you never feel happy or if you never feel grateful, purposeful. That's all emotions. And if you don't, if you don't have those motivating you and pushing and pulling you towards something, you would do nothing in life. And and so don't I think also a good concept to take from this book is don't be at war with a part of yourself really learn to accept everything within yourself yeah one thing i would say uh you said about the jocko and the goggins situation which is good for them and i think it's also good you know because most of most people uh get into self-development from a, a bad state emotionally nobody's i feel like almost no one is like fuck i'm super good yeah. now let me improve myself now out of nowhere no it's usually like oh god i'm a piece of shit <laughs> what can i do to improve it and I, I yeah. believe that you need to go through periods of like Joaquin Goggins and like I did, which is like, no, I need to get this fixed. Let's go all out because then you realize, oh, maybe it's not always like that, but you need to emotionally feel that because we telling you this. And if you're just starting or you're in a hustle period, quote unquote, then it, it will not make sense. You need to give it time to make sense because eventually that will reach a breaking point. It's inevitable. At, you know, maybe Jocko and Goggins doesn't, yeah. but that's because they they have it very systemized for themselves because they also allow time to rest and time to you know enjoy life. And yeah. exactly, maybe they do deal exactly. with those emotions and in a different for way. For you yeah. who's listening, if you're don't listen to this and be like, oh no, now I need to go and do that. No, if you're on that, sometimes it's also good to push it to the extreme to know where your limits are, because then you you're not gonna regret like, oh fuck, maybe I should have gone there. I also agree that you, and I don't regret going to those extremes. I'm thankful for it because now I know not to go there again, but I know also what's, what lies there. And it's not what I expected. And that, for me, yeah, radical acceptance That's is also accepting that right now. That maybe if you're on that path, give it a go. Maybe you're unhealthy right now, but give it a go until the end. Let's say you're a power lifter and you're just competing, competing on that. You know it's not healthy for you to, to lift like 500 pounds <laughs> on the regular or whatever, those super high volumes that, you know, the guys bleach from their nose and everything. But if it's worse for you to regret it after, then you need to do it. Uh, Ronnie Coleman, for example, the um, one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. You see him now, his back is all fucked. He had eight surgeries, he barely can walk. But when you see him talk about it, about lifting all that weight that eventually caused that, there's not a, a, a drop of regret in that because if he didn't do that, then he, yeah. he could be healthy right now, but he would hate his life, most likely. Knowing that he could have reached there and not reached, yeah, you, you, I also believe that you need to give, if that's something you might regret, you need to yeah, do it. 
yeah, that's that's certain certainly val. I don't regret also because that's be true. Like for me to find this book, I had to first get into self help. What got me there was the fact that I felt yeah. bad about myself and I needed to do something to change it, and I did. Like my life improved tremendously, but of course, like it it improved just like improved, but there was still things needed that needed to be fixed to be fixed inside, and that's where I think this kind of books help. But I think, but uh, relating it to what you said about like if you're go if you're on the path, like if you just begun the self help thing and you're kind of on a, on a kick to just like be uncomfortable, do the things that like the. If you're really on that, 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 like doing uncomfortable things, imp- getting out of your comfort area, I'm not discouraging you to to leave that. I think I don't think this book is also discouraging you to leave that. But if you're on that path, yeah, stay on it. But I feel like what I'm what I'm the the purpose of this podcast and with exposing all of these books is that once you eventually reach a point where it's too much and you you just you think, oh my god, I can't keep on doing this this like sheer power. It's like you can remember this this podcast, this book. And give it a try. And yeah, then give it a book. try when you, when yeah, you like read this feel book. really drained. Just give it a go. Like if you if it's not for you, it's not for you. But give it a go and really apply some of the concepts, no matter how ridiculous they seem. But you'll see that I think it has benefits for for everyone. I think it's one of those things that everyone everyone can benefit because I think everyone deals with this problem. People people even people into mindfulness sometimes like she gives a lot of examples with students that were like in. In meditation retreats, they're like, "Oh man, I'm not getting the most out of this retreat. I'm, I'm being very lazy. I'm being very distracted." And then she's like, she just gives him one of those like mind-blowing uh, quotes, just to and like, it's like, "Yeah, but are you feel, are you accepting that laziness?" And I'm like, "Oh God, everything makes sense now." But even those people inside yeah. this this area get into that trap. So imagine the people that aren't into that area and are into the hustle lifestyle. They don't. They don't think they ever give themselves time to really think about these things they may meditate they may journal but it's this is a yeah. different kind of thing it's really getting in touch with y- your emotions i feel like a feminine side of yourself which isn't really uh, appealing to i mean especially to us but yeah because most of people yeah you're most people who listen are men yeah. and yeah that's not very appealing to men because it's, yeah, it's not a, not, a masculine but, energy but type of concept very needed in men i think men needed most obviously because no one teaches men how to deal with emotions. Like we we talk about, people have been talking a lot about toxic masculinity. But the truth is, is that men don't. It's not. It's it's kind of taboo for men still. Like it's not as much now, but it's still kind of taboo for men to talk about their emotions. Just like to to say, I, yeah. I, I feel depressed. I feel anxiety. I feel sad. I mean, not a, not if you're like a teenager on Twitter. That's it's <laughs> free market for it. But in person, like if if you want to talk with your friends, and like it's not something that uh, like girls talk about it a lot more with their friends in person i know yeah guys are like yeah. bro what yeah, the fuck, fuck bro? go live somewhere get <laughs> yeah. the fuck out of here but yeah we're playing soccer bro yeah but also like yeah because manly activity men need that are not very prone to that yeah. and uh i wanted to touch on something here in the book uh, that i bookmarked and it's just people you think that you know oh yeah i'm anxious now but when i get that then everything will go away and she gives the example of um so there was a tiger confined uh, years and years in like a 12 by 12 cage on a circus, I think. And then they started, you know, they built like this um, natural environment for her, super, super good, you know, super large. And they tried to adapt it, her to it. But once they put the tiger there, it would run to a corner and just circle the same 12 by 12 area that it had been trapped for years in a cage. And this is what, in my opinion, will happen to us. 
if you don't address that shit right now. Do you think that if you're anxious all the time and then, like, say you win the lottery, yeah, no more financial problems, like, so it seems at least, do you think you're, you're going to stop worrying? You probably even worry more because then the problems just get bigger. It's like, oh, my God, what if somebody steals all my millions? Oh, my God, so many taxes. What do yeah, I do now? You because the same patterns are expect there. You need to, just to finish, you need to practice what you want to achieve in the future. You need to practice right now. If you want to be happy in the future, I'm a strong believer that you need to practice being happy right now or not anxious or whatever it is because or else you're just delaying and who knows what comes tomorrow. You can't expect that once you reach your goal, everything will fall into place. That's not how it works. Having goals is good because it it gives you something to shoot for. But it's like I had this idea uh, uh, for a long time in my mind, which is like once I get 70 kilos, which is like kind of like the my goal for a long time just like build 10 kilos of muscle oh like in my mind I, I didn't say it consciously but it's like okay everything will be good then like i'll have the muscle i've wanted i won't be insecure anymore but the truth is if i don't deal with these things right if i hadn't dealt with those things and if i don't keep dealing with them now i'll get to whatever i, I could be the most muscular guy in the world i've still been secure how many bodybuilders have you heard stories that are still insecure and they're, they're on loads of yep. testosterone and they're literally the peak of human aesthetics and whatever you want to call it and so the thing is like you can't expect the real world to change like the, the external things to change who you are they do to a certain point but then it's really an internal battle that you have to fight with yourself to, to yeah. like yeah like you said if you want to be happy you need to be happy right now and it's not like I, you can just like turn a switch and like be happy but the way you, you become that is by i think what this book really talks about is like accepting where you are right now and just maybe and there's like once you go from that point there's lots of things you can do maybe just say the things you're grateful for and yeah there's a lot of small practices you can do yeah you know it's maybe it's more because happy it's like it's a very vague thing it's being more calm more tranquil not anxious uh feeling joyful those are things day, you can like practice it boils out if you want to be happy you have yep. to make things that make you happy so and we I think we as humans have a basic understanding of the, what that is. It's being with people you enjoy being around, seeing, feeling loved. Everyone wants to be, feel loved, having a family that cares about you. If you want to talk about purpose, no one talks about it in the self-help industry. I think it's something people need to talk more about. Volunteer something. Do something for your community. People are like going on these massive crusades of self-growth. And that's good, but it, I think people get lost on kind of the me, 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 me. It's all, it all has to come, I, I have to improve myself, I have to be better, whatever. But at the yeah. end of the day, why do you want to be better? I'd argue for most people, is because you want to make the world a better place. At least for if you have a, a defined purpose. It involves other human beings or other beings in general. And you want to make the, their lives better. And so, if you, the, one of the things that gives the most purpose is just giving back to people. Help your community. Yep. Donate, to go work in a charity, volunteer, do something do something for someone that's the i think that's the, the bottom line of it and, and I yeah think absolutely and it's it's things that you're like you said you don't listen to this very often mm-hmm. because there's a good quote which is um happiness is like a butterfly the more you chase it the more it will run away from you mm-hmm. but as as soon as you like you lay under the tree just chilling then it comes and just lays on your shoulder yep. because a lot of these things it's it's when you are not, at least in my experiences, when you are not dependent from them, it's when they come and then you don't care and it's, it's indifferent. Like if you, 
let's say you really want to be happy right now. You're not happy. And then you get happy. It's like, oh, explosion. But then you're left without meaning because like you achieved it. Yeah. But now let's imagine you really don't or you don't put that mental effort into it. You put the action still. You're like, I volunteer. I do all this. But you're not always thinking like, when am I going to be happy? Is it tomorrow? Is it yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. If you just do the things that you kind of know that will put you there and then you just take your mental out of the result. That for me, it's when I can really enjoy the results. Now I go to the gym. I don't really give a shit about, oh, am I going to get one more pound of muscle? It's like, I'm doing the things that will get that. So yeah. it will come, but I'm chill. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life now. Yeah. I look yeah, in the mirror, yeah, it looks good. But because I'm not dependent on anything, or I try not to be on anything, then life just gets much better. Because if you don't need anything, then you already have what you have. So yeah. Yeah, what do you, you need, need now? Anything, you're invincible, really. If you don't need anything, no one can really take... If you don't need anything, no one can harm you. No one like the Stoics talk about a lot about it. If you yeah. want to feel unharmed, uh, ah, there's a good quote about it. If you want, if you want to be unharmed, don't feel it. It's something like that. But if you don't want to feel un- to feel, if you, if, you, if you don't want to be hurt, don't not attach yourself to things. You need to attach yourself to certain things. But don't need, don't need compulsively of, of things. And yeah. I think going back That's to the happiness it. thing, Jordan Peterson also talks about it a lot, and he he, he argues that. The goal should not be happiness, it should be purpose. And I think that's a much better thing to aim for. But even then, apply the same thing. It's like, oh, where is purpose? Am I, yeah. am I, am I need I to find my now? purpose? Where is the purpose? Show me the purpose, baby. No, but it, if, I think it's a better goal to shoot for than happiness because happiness comes as a side effect of you being purposeful. And even with that, you're just like, okay, I want to have purpose. You, you say. Although, you, sorry to cut you off, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say happiness is better because happiness is just so vague you know i feel like purpose it's, yeah, it can mean, it's better it can because mean at least things. it's more concrete but yeah, go on i think the idea itself of happiness is good it, it, it encompasses but what i think what most people think about when they, when they talk when they talk about happiness is thrill feeling good i think happiness is more than that but yeah but that's that's why purpose is a better word happiness just brings the idea of feeling good all the time which is not i don't think that's what it means but yeah Purpose is a, a much more mature word, I'd say. And even then, when you're like looking for purpose, don't obsess about it. Uh, Viktor Frank also talks a lot about purpose in his book, and he has this this good good thing he says, like, ask ask life what your purpose is at this moment, and, and then wait for like ask that ask that like no ask what is life needing of me right now for me to do. That's what that's a much better question than what's my purpose. That's so vague. But once you like you get real with it and you get concrete with it, and you're like, well, what's life needing of me right now? Maybe it needs me to go help someone. Okay, I'll go help someone. Maybe it needs me to work a bit on myself. I work a bit on myself. Maybe yeah. whatever it may be. It's much more concrete. It gets you to do the actions that really give you purpose. And now I think like going a bit back to the book, I think we at the beginning we talked about stoicism. Mm-hmm. And you said like we even talked about that meme, like what we do with emotions, suppress mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But I think even with Stoicism, I feel that's not with the Stoicism itself. That's how I think people sometimes misread it or misinterpret it. Because one of the biggest, uh, I'd say, guiding principles of Stoicism is amor fati, which is loving, loving yep. uh, whatever happens to you. And that's exactly what this book is about. It's loving your emotions, loving what you're experiencing right now. That's literally the definition of amor fati. And... So in Stoicism, I, I don't think they talked about it. They don't went a- after it with the same angle that 
she goes into in this book. But I think the concept is itself delivered in a more direct and harsh manner because they were they were men first of all. Yeah, and, and they were in fighting it wars. Was, and it was shit, our so. time, <laughs> yeah. so that this wasn't really the problem. But there's a good quote in the book from uh, Romain Roland that she quotes: "There is only one heroism in the world: to see the world as it is and to love it." Which is another, I think, way of saying amor fati is. And the and this is a good quote because it's radical acceptance not not only of yourself but of the world. Yep. And this doesn't mean once again accept the world as it is, don't do anything to change it. No, it means once you you accept and you view it as the raw and uh, painful place that it is, from there you can. That's what courage is, by the way. You you, you see it by what it is, and you still feel that you have to do something about it. You still go and do something to change it because that's what really takes courage. Courage isn't suppressing your fear and going to do something. It's feeling your fear, you feel it, and you still do it. Yeah, and recognizing all those things because do. to not, to, you know, live in this fairy tale where you think like, no, everything's, like, everything's fine, it's good. It's not helpful for you or for anyone because then at the extreme of that, you just become delusional. You're, you know, mm-hmm. you're just like, no, everything's fine. Your life's crumbling apart. No, I'm good. I'm positive right now. You shouldn't always be positive. Think positive, also, bro. It's, it's recognizing those things, which I feel like, po- politically speaking, just going a bit towards there, I feel like a lot of those politics nowadays of, oh, triggered and all that, it's looking at the world in a way that it is not, how it is not. Because the truth is, the world's a fucking harsh place sometimes. It can be very mean to a lot of people. But it's not, it's only by accepting that fact that we can then move forward to solving it. It's not by visualizing the, the this perfect speech. world. It's by, and it, this applies to our world, our inside world, which we control ourselves. It's not by, mm-hmm. no, no, this is how it should be. No, this is like this. So now what can we do realistically to change it? If you're mm-hmm. <laughs> morbidly obese, it's not to go every day to the gym because probably you, you may not be able to do that. What's the best thing you can do at this point? Not that guy we saw in the video has a six pack and has been lifting for 10 years. The best for him is not yeah. the best for you. Yeah. Because and I feel like, you know, that's what I saw when I started, for example, in the gym. It's like this guy was doing pull-ups to his waist and it's like, oh, I'm going to do that. No, you're not. You can't. You can't do that. Yeah, it's physically you impossible for you to do that. That's not the best path for you because you are not like him. But first you need to recognize that. You need to realize that I'm a skinny piece of shit. Or not piece of shit, but I'm, a, I'm skinny. Whatever, I'm skinny. There's a part of you that needs radical acceptance. <laughs> no, but it's I, because I was on like, yeah. you're a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Whatever, Mr. Psychologist, but... Yeah, you got, you got, you got God, bitch. No, but it's, no, but... it's like, recognize yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, you are. Or even, no, even but... put it like, concretely, like I have 60 kilograms and I can do one pull-up. Boom. Now what can you... Can, to improve is to do two pull-ups and gain one kilogram, for example. Start to do 10 and gain 10 kilograms. I think that goes really back to, uh, this is one of the first things, I think, in the beginning of the podcast, which is Kaizen. We talked about the art of improving 1% each day. And part of it, part of growing that slowly is recognizing where you are. Because if you think you're just going to pop out of nowhere and be the next Michael Jordan, guess what? It's it's not going to happen. You need, like you were saying, if if you've never done a pull-up in your life and you want to do this crazy back workout sets of 10 pull-ups, it won't happen. You are not, and I think f- fitness and f- physical sports are the best uh, embodiment yep. of, the, of this concept because there's no way around it. You can't, I mean, 
there are still people still find ways to go around it. Like people want to copy the workouts that Arnold <laughs> did, and whatever. But but that just comes from a place of ego, in my opinion. It comes from you not wanting to recognize that you have been doing bad stuff that got you to this point. If you're fat, you've been eating bad, you've not been working out, you have some problems to deal with, and you put yourself in that situation, which can be hard to, to yep. recognize. For me, it was definitely hard. Once I first recognized I, I was playing video games 12 hours a day, that wasn't, like, I, I wasn't happy to, to, to recognize that and accept that, but I had, and I had to go from that place to know what, what can I do now? What can I do in, in my life? So I, I've never, I, never, I wasn't working out consistently, so maybe... It was just like going for a run once a week or something. It's it's starting from where you are. You don't yeah. you don't just go and do a marathon if you've never run before. It's baby steps, which it sounds lame. No one wants to take baby steps. I don't. I don't. I still don't. Yeah. You still don't. You no want to wants just go to from it, zero to hero in a month, but you can't. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. That's like there's no secret. That's at the end of the day. I was thinking about. Oh, sorry. This today. Before you go like, on, I I just have to go in uh, five minutes. So yeah, go okay. ahead. All right, so, okay, so we can close with, with yeah. a bit more of this. But it's like, I was thinking today just that everyone wants to know what the secret is in every area. You want to be, why, what's the secret for the six-pack? What's the secret for the being a millionaire? What's the secret for building a, a five-figure or six-figure business? Everyone wants the secret. And what do you see in the people at the top of the field when they, they are interviewed and the people ask them what the secret is? Is that there is no secret. They just say... I've been consistent at doing this yep. for a long time. That's the bottom line. They may have... That's the 80%. It's been consistent. Then then there's the other things. Like, Tim Ferriss is really good at optimizing certain things. And he gets... He squeezes that 20%. That's why he's the best at some things he does. But at the end of the day, he's good because he's consistent at it. He has been consistently doing the things that got him there. And he's been doing that for a long time. And no one wants to hear that. And that's also why most people aren't special. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna close off with going more towards the book. I feel like we've gone a bit too harsh yeah. for for this book, which is you know, at the end of the day, the main concept of the book that I took is to accept what it is and go from there. To not to not yeah, be you know wishing it was like this and oh in your head maybe you're a hero maybe you are but maybe you're not and it's just taking times of your day to stop recognizing that accepting that not trying the best you can to not judge it and then go on with your life. And if you do this consistently, because when I did it, and now I'm going to probably try to do it again and fail again, but whatever, is that life becomes That's much life. better and much easier. So yep. I close with that. With that being yep. said, That's you it, can no, follow I us on Instagram at Paths of Meaning, P-A-T-H-S of Meaning, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.